So, first of all, George, welcome to the show. It's an absolute privilege to be speaking with you today. Um, To kick us off, what do you think are the most important things to be aware about when it comes to young people in disability? Look, I think one of the key things is that everyone's different. So, just because someone has a disability doesn't mean that um, they're the same as an ex-person with a disability. Uh, disabilities you know, come in all sorts and sizes. <laughs> um, so obviously, um, some people uh, might find that they are compared to someone else um, with a disability. When you know that, that's that's something that that needs to be hard discouraged because everyone's an individual and everyone's needs are different. Um, I think that's that's very important understanding the diversity of young people with disabilities and making sure that we listen to young people themselves and listen to them about what they want and how they want to live their life. So I that that's, that's a key. Um, another one is really around um, understanding the importance of youth um, and of that period of life, that the period when you're uh, transitioning often from living and relying on parents um, through to being independent and recognising the young people might need certain supports um, to make that possible. Uh, what I find is that um, often um, people are, young people are expected um, to rely on their family and on their, on their parents a lot longer than they otherwise would if they didn't have a disability. And that, you know, that's a problem that, that um, with the right supports in place, um, can be addressed. But currently there is not enough support. Um, currently people who are young and have a disability don't have the support that they need often um, to live independently and to, and to transition. And into an adult life, because there are a lot more barriers. Obviously, it's harder to uh, find a house, um, to rent, to find a job, um, to even uh, get into university or into further further study if you have a disability. Um, and George, what is the best way that the community can support people with a disability? Uh, I would say that it depends on the individual, um, but I, I, I would say that it's always um, important that people understand that um, disability, as I said, comes in all sorts of sizes, and um, people just want to feel like um, there was respect and 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 um, not to feel them poorly or not for the disadvantaged. Uh, uh, discrimination is a very uh, common experience that young people with a disability um, will talk about. Uh, bullying is also very common um, for young people who have a disability. What, what was that, so, sorry? Bullying. Um, so being bullied is, oh, um, right. yeah. uh, is, is, is quite common. Uh, for young people with a disability. So it's really important that people uh, uh, have the support 
when I when I move up is that I experience some um, those sorts of things at school um, or or whatever that was. Um, and George, I'm just wondering. I've heard before that someone with a disability can get frustrated when someone else tries to help them to do something that they're more than competent to do. Um, so. Would you say that's true, and how can we avoid making false assumptions about someone with a disability? Well, I would say that before providing any assistance that you should ask the person what they need. Uh, obviously, uh, everyone's different. Some people need uh, help to carry books around school. Um, other people need help with uh, maybe um, understanding certain information. Um, in a certain format that's accessible to them. Obviously, um, you should not assume that someone needs help. Um, but I think it's always good to ask first. Um, and also, um, if, uh, if you uh, have a disability yourself, I think it's, um, it's good to, you know, to ask for help if you feel like. Um, they need that assistance. What are some common misconceptions people can make about someone with a disability? Um, well, I'd also say that um, often there is the assumption um, that we're not capable of relationships, um, that we're not interested in, in, uh, in you know, things that are of interest to other young people. Um, and, you know, again, that's a misconception. Um, young people with disabilities are the same um, as as their peers in their in in their interests and their diversity. Um, and George, I'm just wondering if you would feel comfortable sharing a little bit with our listeners about your own experience growing up um, with a disability and some of the uh, some of the support you received and some of the struggles you had. Um, if you feel comfortable. Yeah, well, what I'd say is that, um, you know, I'm not a young person anymore, so, um, you know, I really encourage you to have um, someone on the show who's, um, who's a young person with a disability and, and they might want to share their experiences. But what I'll, what I'll add is that, um, is that when I was growing up, I'll, uh, you know, I faced a lot of those um, issues that young people with disabilities still face. Um, such as discrimination that, um, you know, getting into uh, bars and clubs or um, being treated less favorably um, because I use a wheelchair. Um, and also things like um, finding it difficult to, uh, you know, sometimes uh, do my schoolwork because of my disability um, and that I needed certain supports in place so I could, um, you know, I could participate in school. Did you get support from uh, people during that time or were there particular um, associations that you looked into or what, what did that look like well, for you? <laughs> well, I wish it was a wide-ass when I was growing up. Um, unfortunately, uh, there, there weren't those kinds of uh, services at the time. Uh, and, and basically, um, I, I was... Uh, in a, you know, growing up when um, people with disabilities were basically uh, automatically sent to a special school. 
Um, so this meant that you know, I had a range of, of services around me, um, but none of them were necessarily um, what I needed because um, they were sort of very substandard and I would also add that, um, that, you know, because I went to a special school, um, I found it a lot harder when I uh, went to a mainstream school to um, push up the learnings because I'd, um, I'd had that, that um, segregated um, educational experience growing up. Um, well, thanks for sharing um, today, Georgia. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say before we finish up? Yeah, absolutely. What I'd say is that if anyone um, would like to find out more about our service, um, that they can find us on the internet. Um, our our um, website is um, whiteass.org.au. Um, and I'd just say that um, you know, there's a range of services out there for people, uh, uh, not just ours. So, generic. Um, youth services should um, assist as well. We have a, a view that it's important that um, mainstream services are accessible and approachable by young people with disabilities. And also to let people know that you're not alone. Uh, one in five people has a disability uh, in Australia. Yeah. Um, but right. yeah. Sorry? So thank you once again, George, for your time today. Um, it's been fantastic talking to you. Okay, all right, pleasure. Bye. Thanks, George. Bye. All right, so that was George Talaparis from WIDAS. That's the Youth Disability Advocacy Service. Um, if you are someone who would like to reach out, um, feel free to call Beyond Blue on 1300 46 the Kids Helpline, 1800 55 1800, or you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. You can also check out the YDAS website. Um, so joining us in the studio tonight is also Amy Marks, um, and she's going to have a bit of a chat to us about her own experience um, with disability. Hello. Yep. Um, so how are you going today, Amy? I'm good, thank you. Happy to be here. Beautiful. Um, so to kick us off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the hobbies you have and what life looks like for you at the moment? Um, yeah, I guess. Well, my name's Amy, as you said, and I've just turned 20 and I'm a uni student in Melbourne. Um, I'm really into, I guess, video and radio, obviously. I'm a volunteer with SIN. And um, yeah, I also happen to have cerebral palsy. And um, so tell us a little bit um, about cerebral palsy. Yeah, so cerebral palsy, first off, if you don't know what that is at all, it's a disability. It's a physical disability. And essentially, it's one that you get usually from a very young age, under five. Okay. Um, for me, they, they're not sure how I got it, but it's just something I've grown up with. It's kind of my normal. Um, I've never known anything different from that, I guess. And the way it affects me is, I guess, the part that you see the most when you see me is I walk on forearm crutches. So I use them to get around. And, um, yeah, that's kind of the part that most people see most obviously when they meet me, I guess. 
Um, so, Amy, if you feel comfortable, um, what was your experience like um, growing up, I guess, as, as a young person? As a young person? Um, I guess uh, when I was a kid, up until about, I guess, kind of the age of six or seven, I didn't really notice that perhaps I was, I guess, different from the other kids. Up until that age, even though I grew up having a couple of surgeries and um, spending a lot of time in the hospital, it didn't really, I guess, register with me at that time. Like, I remember when I was a kid, my friends wanted to be firefighters. Like, every kid goes through this phase where they're like, oh, I want to be a policeman. Oh, I wanted to be a firefighter. I was in, like, a type of wheelchair at the time. Mm -hmm. So I said to my mom, I was a big Thomas the Tank Engine fan, and if you remember, those trains had faces. Yeah. So I said to my mom, when I grow up, I want to be a fire truck. Awesome. <laughs> what, a, what a dream, what a goal. Yeah, I like, like that was my goal. That was my way, I guess, of kind of adapting to my circumstances at a very young age. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, the, um, the imagination that we can have as children to, to yeah. say stuff like that. So my mum has never let me off the hook with that one, but right. I said I wanted to be a fire truck. And so kind of at that age, I guess maybe I did realise there was a difference, but I didn't see it as a hindrance in any way at that age. Um, it was when I kind of got older and got into school that I started to realise that perhaps people aren't used to dealing with disability and that it's not, I guess, an everyday thing for everyone. Um, You know, sometimes the kids at school wouldn't, like, invite me to play tag and things like that, and that kind of started happening. There was a bit of a separation there because they just didn't want to, I guess, slow down the game or do anything like that. And that's when, I guess, I started to realise that disability is a bit of a difference Hmm. but yeah that's that kind of when that all kind of started I guess. Um, So when you had moments like that where you were being excluded from from TAG um, or something else um, what kind of support was available to you? Um, The teachers were always really good when I was a young kid they'd kind of pull me in and pull the group together and kind of be like come on guys let's do this let's do that and that worked when I was a lot younger, like between like six and ten maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, between like uh, around 12, there were a couple of issues with me personally. And again, I want to stress that this is my personal experience. It might not be yours. And, you know, I hope that if anyone's listening and they do have a disability of some sort, that they have had a positive experience growing up. And, you know, um, I think that's completely possible. Unfortunately, for me, those differences were quite stark. And, like, because, as I said before in my introduction, the first thing that a lot of people tend to notice about me if I'm standing up is that I'm on crutches. It's just because you're not... U- well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not something you're used to seeing in your everyday life, maybe mm. a young person with a physical difference or using a mobility aid mm-hmm. or whatever. Would you agree with that, that... That's perhaps not your everyday. Yeah, um, yeah. You, I think you're right, Amy. It's yeah. not um, an everyday um, thing, I guess, that a lot of people would see. Yeah, especially young people. I think they associate like crutches and walking frames and wheelchairs with like sixty-year-olds, mm. and I think that's really funny. I remember I was eleven or something, and I had to go into the hospital, and I was the only one in the ward under sixty. 
Right. So yeah. what, what was that like for you to notice that? Um, that was that was different. I had a lovely woman. I was in a room. I had a lovely woman. She used to bake cookies for me in the room next door. Nice. Um, yeah, very nice. And like the staff would, they had a Nintendo Wii, and they'd sneak that into me over the weekend. So I got to play the Nintendo Wii. Um, but for me, noticing that perhaps it wasn't so, I guess, common for young people to have disabilities. For a while, I, between like ages, I guess 12 to 16-ish, I didn't know anyone else with a physical disability who was around my age in person. And that was a very hard kind of transition to go through because the problems that I was having, you know, I was having normal teenager problems as well, Mm. but I was dealing with, you know, surgeries and, um, access issues like simple things like finding out if a place has stairs or not and dealing with all this and there was no one I could really talk to about it who would get it. Uh, So Amy thank you so much for sharing with us uh, so far so we're just going to cut to a song and when we get back we're going to continue this conversation with Amy. So Amy what are some of the issues that you have experienced in high school with the disability that you have? When I was 12 the biggest issue for me with disability Mm -hmm. and it's still kind of the biggest issue now is um juggling my disability versus like me as a person right that's when that started to kind of come out um your disability was everything about you did they attach your identity Um, with your disability so in high school you mentioned high school and specifically year seven Mm -hmm. there was a a disability movement at my school or a disability department at my school rather mm-hmm. and they gave us this room to hang out in and kind of chill in and take some private space away but it kind of that room for me at least if you were seen going to that room you were labeled as a person with a disability right. in a negative way sure yep um by people who just needed something to pick on mm. and they'd pick on you for your disability um i remember i got picked on and this is how i became friends with one of my closest friends now um i got picked on because i was hanging out with i had a disability and i was hanging out with other kids with disabilities and they you know said oh why are you all hanging out together you know can't you, you know, hang out with other people? Like, and they just, they saw disability as a huge negative. Mm. And I'm being very general with my words here because I don't want to offend anyone with what they actually said, but they were just very negative about disability in Mm. general and people with disabilities, I guess, in groups made them for some reason feel a bit uncomfortable and they took that out on us. And so for a while, I completely, I guess, I shunned the idea of having a disability. Okay. Um, For me, I went through a stage where I didn't want to associate with anything disability related for a while because it was pointed out to me as a difference. I saw it as a negative difference. Right. And it's only now that it's starting to come into a a positive difference or something Mm. that I can use to make positive change. Mm. So it's just, I would say, if you know someone with a disability, um, you know, they're going through their own terms of coming to terms with it, however they acquired their disability. Um, And, you know, just be positive about it, you know. And by be positive about it, it means, you know, don't make a huge deal of it. 
you know, either way, like, accept that it's there, see what you can do, but don't, like, see the disability as the defining factor. Um, so, Amy, how did you come to that place where you kind of um, accepted that, you know, the disability I have isn't so much a negative thing, it's there, but I don't have to see it like that? How did you come to that, I guess, um, um, thought? I'm really, really lucky that some of the services that I mentioned earlier that I reached out to, um, I made some friends through those who are doing, you know, incredible things. I know someone who's going to the Paralympics in Rio. Cool. Um, I know, you know, I've got another friend who runs a blog. I've got another friend who, you know, works with charities who have helped them. Um, I started because I grew up without seeing any disability role models, I guess, in the media and all that. I only had those negative perceptions that other people had given me to judge off. Right. So meeting other people with disabilities allowed me to realize that hey maybe what these people have said to me isn't the most correct thing and there is I guess a positive way I think you know being at sin as well we have people with disabilities in the sin community and they've got um, the show raise the platform which I've listened to and it's a great program Um, that's just really helped me kind of I guess reframe my mindset Hmm. I'm probably blabbering on a bit too no, long. I don't it's know. fine. I think it's just such an important point for anyone who has a disability to understand that, um, you know, it's, it, it's not necessarily a, a negative thing. And as you no. said before, it can be a positive thing and can be a source. I think it's a thing for me personally, and this is, again, my experience, something that I'll always kind of deal with and some days I'll feel like like for example the other week I was at uni and there was an activity on at uni and they had the they had the signs around the campus saying like go this way for the activity and I got to where the signs ended and the arrow pointed up a massive staircase and there was no point of contact for um, me to find another way to the building and obviously I'm a first year student so I don't know my way completely around the campus and I think uni campuses are massive anyway so Mm. no one knows their full way around (laughs) um so it's moments like that where I kind of I guess I have to wrestle with myself in not seeing my disability as a negative and not going oh I wish I didn't have a disability and I could climb that staircase it's more now I reframe my mindset to okay how can I let my uni know that next time they can help other people in my situation by doing this? And, you know, how can I open them up to accessibility and not seeing not seeing them as the negative party either, but going, okay, how can I make this more accessible for next time and not just blaming it on disability or on them, just going, this is a learning experience, what can we do next? if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make uh, perfect sense. You're saying that um, the disability you have has given you opportunities to support other people in the community with a disability, um, such as through making suggestions to your uni. So that's how I kind of try and frame things in my mind now. I go, how can I use this experience, this negative or otherwise experience, to help other people in my community? Mm. And whether that's, you know, just saying, hey, it would be awesome if you could put the accessible way on the signs as well or whether it's writing an email or just 
trying to do something really small, even if it's like answering people's questions like yours about disability and kind of getting rid of the stigma a bit, then I feel like I've done something to help others in a similar situation. Uh, So, Amy, it's fantastic talking to you tonight. Uh, So we're just going to cut to a song, and when we come back, we'll continue um, chatting. All right, and welcome back to Sin 90.7 FM. You're listening to Youth and Loud with Peter. We're having a chat tonight about disability, talking to Amy Marks about her own journey with cerebral palsy, Um, and it's been really cool uh, so far. Uh, One of the things which has really stood out um, to me that you've said, um, Amy, was that she's been able to help and support other people with a disability through her own experiences with a disability so that she's taking good out of um, a bad situation. Um, for, in, for instance, she, she notices things in her own uh, university and she's able to make um, suggestions to the school about how their facilities um, can be improved to support other people with a disability, um, such as noticing when particular buildings aren't quite accessible for people with a disability, um, when they're just accessible to, to, to people without a disability. Um, so we'll continue that chat in just a moment. Um, if you would like to send us your own thoughts as well, feel free to shoot us an email at youth at sinradio.org and feel free to check out our Facebook page, which is Youth and Loud. What support did you receive when you were doing it tough or struggling with life a bit, um, such as the experiences that you had in high school? So, I mean, with that, there was a couple of, I guess, online tools that I used from various foundations around Australia, which are great, um, and they really helped me. Um, and my mum, of course, she was, she is still amazing. Um, and, you know, I think it was just eventually, like, now I'm at uni and all that, I'm starting to find a really kind of supportive group of friends who acknowledge I have a disability, mm-hmm. But it's not like, I guess, the main topic of conversation or an issue. Yeah. It's just like a thing. This is it. They they think of it. They ask me. They go, hey, are you cool to do this? Or um, does it have stairs? I don't know. Let's check. Like, it's not an issue. It's just mm. a thing that is there. And yeah. it's not this major issue, which is how it should be for everyone. But yeah. unfortunately, sometimes it's not. So you're saying that your your friends at uni are quite respectful and they'll ask yeah, you things. And... Well, that's the thing. I think the thing is if you if you don't have a disability mm-hmm. and you know someone with a disability, um, don't be afraid to ask. And I can get, like, I have some other friends with disabilities who have different conditions to me and I still get nervous asking them personal questions. Like, I get that it's kind of... Um, it's it's you feel kind of like you're invading their personal space of it I think yeah. or at least that's how I feel when I have to ask someone so, so for you you're saying that um, you feel comfortable if someone asks if you need help yeah. with something or whether something suits you I or totally not or... feel comfortable you know just ask it but I can also understand you know I can say that a hundred times and it can still feel awkward I think it's mm-hmm. just you've just got to overcome that bump and right. then once you overcome that just be like um hey, you know, can I ask if you're on crutches, you know, can you get to this venue or can you do this thing? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, oh, no, or, 
yes, I can do it, but this is what needs to happen to help me right. do it. And I think that's the thing. I think the thing is ask questions and don't assume. That's that's the biggest thing that annoys me is when people automatically assume I can't do things. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the, the biggest things. Um, and I don't know anyone at a personal level with a disability, but I've heard before that some people who have a disability can get frustrated if someone tries to help them with something yeah. and they assume they're not competent. Um, would you say that's true for you? Or? Yeah, well, for example, for me, sometimes when I'm trying to get around, people will grab my arm and it's well-intentioned and they think they're trying to help me because they think I look unstable or right. something's going to happen, but they don't ask. They just come up and grab and it it's... That's a very awkward situation, I think, for everyone mm. involved. And it um, it's weird to say that, you know, I'm used to dealing with that now. Because I get it comes, it's not from a place of harm. It's not from a place of anything like that. It's from a place of concern. But the thing is, I don't think you would like if someone just came up and, you know, tried to, you know, take your arm or take your bag or do something to kind of invade your personal space without asking. Yeah, exactly yeah. right, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll get flustered and probably yeah. flip them off and say, what are you doing? So, yeah. Yeah, so it's just about, I guess, if you want to help someone with a disability and you think they're struggling, the thing is as well, sometimes people think, at least for me, and I've heard from a couple of my friends, that we're struggling and we're not. It just kind of looks like that because our bodies might function differently or our movements might be different to your movements. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you look at it from an able-bodied perspective and you're like, oh, that person looks like they're struggling and we're not. So I think it's just ask. Don't just assume that someone's struggling or someone can't do something or whatever, unless, like, it's you can obviously see it's an immediately immediate emergency situation. Um, just be like, hey, do you need any help? And just asking that small sentence can mean a world of difference. And if they say no and you still feel, I guess, compelled to help, you can ask a second time because I know some people with disabilities, myself included, sometimes we don't want the help. We're Mm -hmm. like, we want to try and do it ourselves. So I'd say if you really, really feel the need to, you can ask a second time. But if they say no the second time, then it's time to kind of step back and I don't know just if you Mm. feel the need to ask just ask politely just say you know do you need any help with this Mm. and um, respect their decision either way I guess and again I mean if anybody else with a disability has a specific way that they like to be asked this is just my Mm. opinions on it so I can't speak I don't want to be I guess something else for me, if someone else has confided in you about their disability and about their struggles, that's not your thing to make public. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've had experience with as well. If someone says, hey, I'm struggling with this, can you help me out? Um, if it's not something that I guess is well known that they might struggle with, for example, um, I struggle with handwriting and I'm quite public with that now, but for a while I wasn't. And sometimes I get my friends to write notes for me and I just like take photocopy their notes and use that. And, you know, I told a few friends the reason I did that. I was like, because I can't keep up with the handwriting. Mm -hmm. And they were cool with that. But then um, the good thing was they didn't tell everybody I struggled with handwriting. At the time, I don't know, I was self-conscious, I guess, about handwriting of all things. 
And um, it's just, if someone, yeah, if someone needs help, ask. And if someone asks you for help, help them and don't feel or don't tell everybody that they need help unless they've said you can tell everybody. Like, ask them, hey, do you mind if I tell the whole group that you need help with this issue? Yeah. So, Amy, thanks for joining us here on the show. Is there anything else that you'd like to say before we finish up tonight? And also, if there's, you know, someone a bit younger or a bit older who's, you know, grown up with disability or just acquired a disability, which can happen, disability can affect anyone at any time, Mm. Um, just to say, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not a young person with a disability that's by yourself, but we are out there Mm. and, you know, you're not, um, you're not alone. Awesome. What yeah. a good message. Really, that that's a good message that, that you're not alone, that there's yeah. people, um, other people to support and help you. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that about sums it up. But, um, Amy, thank you so much for no joining problem. us um, today on the show. You've been um, an awesome uh, oh, inspiration and, and, and blessing to listen to, and I think it's going to be a real encouragement to young listeners. Hopefully. And if you are listening to the show and if you're feeling concerned about anything whatsoever, um, feel free to call Beyond Blue at 1300 22 46 36, uh, the Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800, or you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to the show tonight. We'll be back next week on um, Sin 90.7 at 8pm. Um, in the meantime, feel free to check out our Facebook page at Youth and Loud or shoot us an email at youth at... Uh, youth at sinradio.org um, stay tuned up next we've got in the hour with Josh and Aim, which should be a pretty cool show um, also check out sin.org.au uh, um, if you'd like to find out more about the radio station hope you guys have enjoyed today